another world, another time in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone. This is what I came for. Your vital essence, the dark crystal. I can feel something. Hear it almost. Don't move. Don't move? Where would I go? Quiet! Here's your host, Philip Mitchell. Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, your vital essence of all things on the Dark Crystal. And this is episode 6 of the podcast and is the first episode for 2015. Every month I release an episode of the show and chat with fans and even some of the talent behind the Dark Crystal. I hope you all had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, with this year shaping up to be a big one for all things Dark Crystal. Even though there's no updates on the sequel to the Dark Crystal as of now... There's lots of other things to look forward to. We've got the third volume of the graphic novel Creation Myths, reaction figurines from the Dark Crystal, the upcoming fan film competition from darkcrystal.com, and of course, your monthly dose of Trial by Stone to look forward to in 2015. Also, one more thing to look forward to is a documentary that I'm currently developing with Jamie Prater called The Great Conjunction, The Legacy of the Dark Crystal. This documentary is all about the Dark Crystal and to interview with some of the creative team behind the film, but also the fans who have kept their passion alive for the film and and how it changed their lives. I was approached by Jamie around October last year about the idea of doing a documentary and at first I was very interested about it but I didn't expect how involved I'd actually get on the project so but you know we went back and forth with ideas on what directions to take to who we'd love to interview and so much more. So a month or two later, we realized that we had to make this documentary and we believe that there is an audience out there who will enjoy the documentary and we're going to give it our all to make it happen. So we have set up a Facebook page, which you can like us at facebook.com forward slash dark crystal doc. That's dark crystal D-O-C. So we first announced the project back in December and I thought it might be a great idea to have Jamie on this month's show and really get into the mindset on what our plans are with the documentary and also how the Dark Crystal made such an impact on Jamie's life. So sit back and relax as we head to the Podling Village. Jamie, um, yeah, thanks so much for being on um, Trial by Stone. Absolutely, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. No worries. And um, I guess the first thing I'm very interested, you know, about um, is is how did how did you um, get into the Dark Crystal? How did you found out about it? Well, you know, I, when I was a kid, probably about ten or eleven, I remember seeing the movie playing on a TV screen. This is back in the days of VHS, back in the 80s, later 80s. Um, and I just saw this amazing world that I had never, I just was like, what are you watching? I think there were some other kids or some people watching it. Um, and I got hooked and I got myself a, a copy of the VHS. I still remember what it looked like. It had the dark crystal written on it. And it was like, Having that VHS in my possession was like having the best dessert I could ever have that never ended. And so I just became really, really obsessed with it. And um, eventually, I mean, I, 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 I clocked myself at watching it 28 times in a week as a kid, which is crazy. I was crazy. So was that something that you um, you actually did account like yourself on how many times you were watching it that on that week? Or was it just... Yeah, it was a count on myself on how many times that I could watch the film, um, and I'll never forget it. I mean, I mean, I remember feeling so proud of the fact of how many times I had watched this film. I mean, the film became was so important to me um, in ways that I couldn't understand as a kid that I understand now. But um, but I became so obsessed with it. I mean, it really just opened my mind for creativity, and I eventually built two life size, well, sort of life size 
uh, versions of Jen and Kira, the Gelflings from the film. And I had, I had this idea that I was going to put on a play uh, with all my friends who were kids. And uh, so I started assigning everybody's roles. I started trying to figure out how we were going to do certain things. And I, I put like a, a wire on Kira because it was important for me to have her fly. I was trying to figure out how her wings would open when she floated down. I was trying to get everything worked out. Ultimately, it never happened. But uh, planning it was so much fun. I had so much support of all these kids that I was growing up around. Um, and really, it just continued to propel me into being creative, uh, finding kind of solace in uh, being creative and making creatures and paper mache and all that kind of thing. Okay, yeah. Because, like, um, when, when you're trying to, like, organize it, like, you know, with, you know, with the kids, like, had they watched the films as well? Or were they just sort of, you know, just went along with what, what you wanted to do? They had seen the film, too. And I think probably many of them were very looking at me like oh he's really excited about this film but we're excited that he's excited so let's let's do it you know yeah um, <laughs> and i remember uh trying to figure out who was going to be agra because nobody wanted to be agra <laughs> i could i could do the voices really really well um but i was gonna have this one girl be agra but i didn't want to insult her um but i thought Agra was an important role and she didn't want to play her but she i think this girl's name was crystal um but it was it was just a lot of joy. It was a lot of joy. It was a great great time in my life. The Dark Crystal is not a children's film. It's a it's a serious fairy tale. It's as serious as Lord of the Rings is. You know. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially just like um, you know, considering that these you know these creatures of Skeksis have pretty much ruled Thra from you know for a thousand years. Um, like that's that'd be pretty you know dark times. Um, and and that you know in the end it's sort of up to you know uh, Jen and you know Avenger and Kira as well to sort of you know fulfill this prophecy to you know to heal the dark crystal and and set everything back to what it used to be. Yeah, I think the beginning of the film, like I, the beginning of the film is so interesting. There's an, I, I've never really seen a film like it begin like it does where it opens. I mean, the narration, yes, there's many films that open with narration, but the visuals, you see all these Skeksis, all these lizard-like, bird-like things that are beautiful but terribly frightening at the same time, just standing completely still. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and, and it just sort of got me thinking that there's actually no dialogue at the start. Like, I'm just trying to think the first lot of dialogue. I think it's when um, Jen goes to see his master. He's like, master, yeah. master. I think that's... I'm pretty certain that's, of that's 10 minutes yeah. In. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's into the film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's so it, like the start of it had a very kind of, I, I guess, like a very foreign film feel uh, to it. Yeah, absolutely. So mm. let me ask you a question then. Yeah, um, sure. What prompted you to get this podcast started? Not obviously just this episode, but w- what made you start Trial by Stone? Um. I think what got me started was, uh, I mean, I I like listening to a lot of podcasts. Um, So, you know, for me, like, um, I I love uh, Rebel Force Radio. I think that's like a fantastic um, Star Wars podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. And I think from that, um, and also in a way, that podcast sort of um, reinvigorated my fandom a bit more for um, for Star Wars. Um, I guess, yeah, like from, from those podcasts I listened to, um, that and in, IndieCast, and I, I've sort of had a thought in mind about doing a podcast. Um, and I wasn't sure, like I thought I would do Australian podcast version, but, you know, I'm just like, there's there's too many of them. Um, and then I thought, you know, and I've been thinking about the Dark Crystal, um, you know, as of, you know, a year or two ago, um, you know, when, when the website got relaunched, um, you know, I thought, oh man, this, you know, this is awesome that, um, you know, the Jim Henson company, um, actually, you know, seems like they're trying to bring back the dark crystal in a big way, um, with the website and these contests that they've been doing. And, um, and I'm just like, I'm just wondering if any podcasts, if there's been any podcasts that have been dark crystal related, um, there's been episodes, there has been some podcasts where they talk about it. Um, but not, not, nothing that is, you know, about it, you know, essentially. So, um, yeah, I just thought, you know, I might as well just 
take just take a challenge um and just sort of go ahead and just just see what happens what happens with it um so i mean this is really just a hobby you know a little fun project essentially but it's been great being able to chat to you know people like yourself and um you know and, and some of the crew who worked on the film um so yeah it's, it's been it's been pretty awesome yeah it's great i mean like i said when i saw that you had a podcast because it was something that i was thinking of um and then i saw that you had one i was like oh this is just perfect of course i've listened to some episodes and listened to what people had to say i haven't heard every one of them yet but um yeah and i think for me for myself um you know like you, I've always been interested or I've always been an obsessive fan about The Dark Crystal. And then they announced a sequel in 2005. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, you know, Gendy Tartofsky was going to direct and I got crazy. I mean, I went crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, here they are going to re-enter my most favorite world of all time. I mean, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Huge, huge, huge. Um, but, the Dark Crystal Eclipse is that for sure. Um, so the the fact that I would see um, Kira and Jen again after thirty years or more, um, I just I mean it just it opens a door in your, your childhood heart, you know. Um, it's it was pretty it was pretty amazing. And then I think for myself, I've I've always the Dark Crystal lately the past few years since the announcement of the sequel that hasn't happened yet. I've, it's it's I've been kind of looking around. I mean, I've looked for Dark Crystal sequel news since 2005. Yeah. Um, and then I wrote that piece about the development hell of the Dark Crystal um, that's on uh, the Muppet Central Forum. Um, I've been, you know, rabid crazy about, you know, I feel, but I'm very protective about that world. I think mm. I, I'm so fond of that film. It feels like my film to some degree like not that i own it because no. jim Henson and all them own it obviously but you you become so fond of something you take ownership of it in some ways you know yeah definitely yeah and i think and i think it was interesting i guess at that time is you know that that was sort of the time when we thought all right you know 2005 episode three we're not going to get any more star wars films you know what's the next thing to look forward to and and yeah when they announced about the uh dark crystal sequel yeah like i was i was amped about it too and um, even though, yeah, I mean, it did, you know, they had very, you know, didn't have a lot of updates um, from the announcement. And then when they announced, I think a couple of years later that, yeah, you know, um, that's going to be done and, you know, shot in Australia with the Spree brothers. And, and I was like, oh, my God, they're like shooting in my backyard, essentially, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that would have made me even more crazy if that if I were in your position. We're here, they're shooting your beloved with your beloved characters in your country, yeah. essentially a few miles away. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like, I mean, episodes two and three were shot in Australia as well. And yeah, so that sort of got me really amped, you know, even more about, um, uh, about the dark crystal, you know, the possibility that it was going to yeah, be, be made in, in Australia. But, um, yeah, no, just, just unfortunately just, um, yeah, just didn't go through. Um, and I think, um, I think based on, um, with the Dark Crystal fan event, um, I do recall Cheryl Henson. She did mention a little bit about the sequel as well as the um, the animated series from uh, for the Cartoon Network um, that they were developing um, as well. And I think the the biggest problem with the um, with it all, I think it's just a, just a lack of funding or or just lack of um, uh, you know get, either getting a studio really amped or interested to you know to pursue. Um, um, you know, the sequels or a TV series. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where like you and I, we know about the film, obviously we've, we, we grew up with it, but as we were talking earlier, you know, um, off Skype, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know about the dark crystal. Um, there are a lot of famous people who don't really know or are vaguely familiar with the dark crystal. They know all about labyrinth, but they don't know. And I think, um, to to a point you were making earlier, having seen the prequels, I remember being really the prequels for Star Wars, being really really excited for the Phantom Menace, seeing it seven times in the theater, um, seeing it seven times, trying to convince myself seven times that this was it was a good film, and I just didn't get it. I didn't. I wasn't into it. I saw Attack of the Clones twice in the theater, 
And then I saw Revenge of the Sith, and I was once, and I was like, no, I'm not interested. And I was really um, kind of let down, you know. And then when The Dark Crystal was announced, that same year that Revenge of the Sith came out, I'm thinking, okay, here's Henson. Um, the Henson Company is going to make this film so I can kind of re- I can re-engage some of that magic because I felt like with Star Wars, so much of the magic had been lost. Um, and then, it, like, you know, we've discussed it, went on and on and on, and it was, um, what do you call it? Uh, they would have so many press releases after press releases, but no real news, just, you know, yeah, nibbles. It's still happening. It's still yeah. happening. It's it still was happening. really frustrating, too, because I was thinking, in my mind, I thought, the people who can get help this film get made are the fans. And I thought... Um, and then I thought, uh, seeing the, the Muppet movie that came out, that Jason Siegel was basically behind. Um, and I saw this film, I thought, you know, this, this is it. This is this guy who's much like you and I, who was in love with Jim Henson as much as we were, or mm. we are. Yeah. And he decided, no, let's get this right. Um, and uh, so he, he had the power and the clout and the acting ability to... Um, get the Muppets right, and he really, really did. Yeah, absolutely. and uh, it, and then I realized that's what it's going to take for the Dark Crystal, for a sequel or a prequel, for someone to really get it right. They're going to have to be in love with it. They're going to have to call it their own. It can't just be, oh, hey, there's a, there's some interesting directors. Let's give them this sequel or prequel. It's someone coming to Henson saying, no, 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 we want to do this. Please let us do this. Um, and then kind of. You know, again, years have gone on. I mean, it's been ten years since they've announced the sequel to the, the sequel <laughs> the prequel to the Dark Crystal, and it hasn't happened ten years. Yeah. I can't even believe it's been ten years. I mean, I remember when it was three years, and I was angry. Um, but then I just eventually I had to give it up. I was like, it's probably just not going to happen. Yeah. Although they released that that one sheet with a photo of the puppets they were using, the photo of Jenny Kira, and I was like crazy about it. I was crazy about it. I was like, oh my god, there they are. They look. I mean, Jen looks like Jen, except for he's older. And Kira looks like Kira, except for she's older. And I just, like, I just was insane crazy. And I and I saw the uh, the reel that they showed at um, Comic-Con for the sequel to Dark Crystal. And they showed uh, Kira talking. Oh, um, the puppet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, oh, my God, I was over the moon. But, I mean, I'm saying all this to kind of bring up to this point where the film, for me has had such an incredible artistic and emotional impact on my life that I felt like I need to honor this film. I need to, I want to process it with other people. I want to process how crazy we are about this movie and why we're so touched by this movie and why we're so moved by it. And for a lot of people, they can't understand it. And I'm still trying to figure it out. I just have some, some things figured out. But, uh, and so then I thought I saw you and I heard your podcast. I'm like, this is the guy. Um, so we're kind of like the Jim Henson, Frank Oz. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although we, we can fight for who is who. Um, but yeah, I just felt like the best way to tell the story is for two people to tell it and say for, from two different continents, from two different hemispheres to say, well, this is how the film affected me and this is how the film affected me. So, yeah. And, um, yeah, I guess, you know, yeah, I mean, and with the documentary, um, that, uh, yeah, that we're both producing. It's called The Great Conjunction, The Legacy of the Dark Crystal. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we just started a, um, we started off with a launch of the Facebook page uh, about a couple of weeks ago with a little press release. And, um, you know, I think there's been a, you know, quite a bit of interest um, uh, for the documentary. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm actually surprised how quickly, um, Things have taken off. I mean, we only have about 83, 82 likes so far on our page. But, I mean, it's just generating a lot of interest really quickly. Harry Knowles of Ain't It Cool News has expressed interest. Um, he connected us with um, the guy from um, Indiegogo, which, we're, which we'll be using to launch our crowdsourcing campaign. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really, really, really excited and really, I mean, we're not just making a movie for us. We're making a movie for everybody, you know, so we can all kind of express how much we love this film and, uh, what it's meant to us and who the people are who made it and how they made it and how incredible. I mean, I'm, I still, it's one of those things where 
I, I want to say to Mike Quinn or Frank Oz, do you know how incredible these things still look? Do you know how incredible it looks when Kira's wings unfold and she floats down and then they have that wide shot yeah. and their their heads in that wide shot? Yeah. How the bleep did they do that? I'm serious. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely get yeah, like, I can't understand how they did that. Yeah. Um, like even like I was um uh, because I, I've been working on 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 each day on the uh, the Great Conjunction Facebook page, uh, I, I post a frame um, from the film on the Facebook page. It was kind of inspired by um, a book called Star Wars Frames, um, which is pretty much like a two volume book from from the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. And basically, um, after Episode Three, George Lucas sort of went down and you know watched all all the films and sort of pretty much went through frame by frame of the entire film to um and just sort of select just some moments some you know some frames you know still images from the still from the films um that really you know sparked him um in that way um that mm-hmm. he really loved um and and that was sort of this dark crystal frames is sort of like my little attempt of it and i think i do have a couple of frames um yeah with that scene and even when i'm just i was watching that scene uh, a couple of shots I was watching it frame by frame, and yeah, like, like, like I, I still can't tell. You know, <laughs> it's just pure magic. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, and I mean, of course, the, there are small things that don't ta- stand the test of time, but the small things are like the mouth movements. Um, but everything else, I mean, and and pro- yeah, and probably the other thing that sort of pops in my mind is um the bat animation. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. too. But they, but I it's mean, so they're, they're minor, very minor. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So minor, and the animation is done so well. Um, I, but like, I, I think about like where um, when Jen walks into Agra's Ori, and you have all the the glows. I mean, they built that entire thing, and and how real Agra looked, and how alive she was. You know, I, I think when I was a kid, I didn't realize that it was a mask she was wearing. Not that I thought she was real, but I thought, I, I just thought, okay, they've just, I couldn't, she was so real. And Kira, there's a scene when the Gartham are are breaking into the Podling's house. Yeah. And Kira moves suddenly and she opens her mouth. Yeah. Like, God, I, I, I can't even describe to you how real that is. Um, it's more real than any CGI I've seen. Yeah, and I, and and for me, like I I love like all the wide shots that you see of the puppets. I mean, like your your favorite was you know, the wide shot of um you know Jen and Kira when they're gliding down, um and for me you know so sort of the wide shots with um Jen entering to see as a master just because I'm just like there's there's no strings or you know how how they're able to hide you know puppeteers trying to <laughs> yes and then and then I mean of course I found out you know later on there was you know like a like a stunt person um. But yeah, just just you know, as a kid, I was just like so blown away. I'm just like, oh my god, like these these creatures are real, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then when Kira is uh, below the crystal, and the gar- and the uh, the Skeksis are kind of surrounding her, and then you have these shots of widescreen shots of that, and obviously we know how it works. There's people under the, the under the floors operating them, but you don't even think about it because it's so real. Um, and she, her essence had been drained and she looks tired. Um, and yeah, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like she's just so exhausted. Like yeah. just what, what she went through. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think I, if we're, you know, if we're talking a little more personally, like emotionally, I was more invested in Kira. I felt like for myself, I felt like she was the, the real hero. Not that Jen wasn't a hero too, but she sacrificed her life for for good. You know, um, she believed in Jen so much that she gave up her life so that he could heal the shark or he could heal the crystal, and uh, it was just great. And then that scene where um, the what are the what are the things at the end called the mystics and the are the um, uh, the Erskics? Are they the Erskics? Okay. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at the the Dark Crystal um, encyclopedia. There's a couple of different names. I remember like the Mystics are called the Uru in the yes. book, um, but the, and even in the film they're referred to as the Uru. Um, but yeah, then yeah, most of the time, yeah, because I think in the film like um, the the only mention of Uru in the film is um, I think during 
um, when the mystics, you know, they, they arrive and I think they're chanting or no, I think it was the, um, the Skeksis. They're yeah. Like, oh, the Uru. Oh, yeah. But, um, but they never, yeah, it was weird how they kind of, um, yeah, changed, changed the, um, the name of Uru to, um, to the mystics. Um, I think it was just, well, just a simple makes fight, more yeah. sense to me. You know, yeah. the mystics, it's really an obvious, okay, we know what they are. Whereas Uru is like, Oh, what does that mean? Those I think people are yeah. trapped in the name, you yeah, know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, the the Urskex. So okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's like Uru scene, then Skeksis and Urskex. Yeah. <laughs> that scene with when the Urskex when when Jen has Kira in his arms and um, it's just really an emotionally powerful scene. Um, and he he's just hoping and hoping that they can do something, and then they do. Yeah. You know. Um, that's just, that was a really, um, and then he says, hold her to you. She is part of you as we all are a part of each other. That is like, even saying those words right now gives me chills. Yeah. Um, because I just feel like it's the meaning of living. Like we, and especially in the world now that we're living in where there's so much war and there's so much pain and there's so much heartache. Really the message is we are all a part of each other. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They'll Um, stick together. Yeah. And, uh, I, I really, hope that we can get that through and I, I think about like people fans we know people like Laszlo um, people like John Cotilla and we're when I say those names these are people who are um, a part of a Dark Crystal fan group on Facebook mm. uh, and they're people who have devoted their lives to making uh, replica props uh, or knowing um, trivia uh, of the Dark Crystal but seeing these people from all walks of life being so touched and so moved by the dark crystal it's uh it gives me a really a, a just great sense of happiness and joy you know that the film touched these people as much as it touched me you know um yeah because like I, like yeah i mean the film is yeah it, it, it is very emotional like um like for me you know when watching the film as a kid like i just had so many emotions like you know i was, I was scared you know i was happy and then i was terrified and then i was sad and then I'm happy. It, it, it's 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 such a um, an emotional roller coaster of a film. Yes, yes, absolutely. And you know, there's another scene I was thinking about when um, Kira's essence has been taken, and and um, Augur's telling her, "Call the animals. You have the gift. Call them to freedom." And again, it was this almost like this um, that scene or that moment for me when Kira starts kind of calling out there's this really beautiful, powerful, like almost like this, this idea that we are all, again, we're all connected to everything, to animals, to everything. Um, and almost like kind of like, um, the wizard of Oz where, Mm. um, at the end of the wizard of Oz, Glenda says to Dorothy, you could always go home. You always had the power. Um, and then she said, click your heels three times and say, there's no place like home. And she did. And she was, and it's almost like what Kira was doing where she had the power to free herself. She just needed to be reminded of that. Yeah. Um, what, um, what, let's see, I was going to ask you a question. Um, what do you want? Like, well, I'm just interested. I mean, I, you know, as we're, we're collaborating on this project and I have my own, I think we come, we're coming at it from very similar places, but we're also coming at it from different places too, I think, which is good. It'll make the film better. But what do you want to accomplish with this documentary? I think just to really show, um, just, I guess as a filmmaker, you know, I'm, I love how to know how films are made and that sort of thing. So I think like, I'd really love to go, yeah, to go in depth about, um, how, um, the film, how the film was made and I guess really showcase just like, just the amount of detail and work that went into the film, um, that, you know, you, you may not, you know, the average audience may not be able, may not notice it as much, but when you, you know, when you're looking at it, you know, almost frame by frame, there's a, it's like almost every frame is like a painting essentially. It's like yes. <laughs> the dark crystal is almost like, um, it's like a motion painting. You know, we're just seeing 24 paintings a second, you know, with audio. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean that, that would be one of them, but also like, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in, in being, you know, the opportunity to be able to, um, to chat to fans. Um, and I guess that's why I kind of, you know, started this, this podcast initially was just, you know, just be a big awesome, just to talk to people about it. Um, 
uh, about the film that, you know, had that have a passion for it. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I think like, I'm, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be very interested in, you know, chatting to, you know, people like, like Laszlo and John and, and, uh, uh, trying to think of others like Melissa and Peter and, um, and, and, and even Joey, um, um, you know, how, how the dark crystals have, you know, um, affected them, um, in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And I know you've told me and we've discussed this briefly that, uh, Richard, um, what's the gentleman's name from the Lord of the Rings trilogy films? Uh, Richard Taylor. Richard Taylor has expressed great interest in the dark crystal saying he's how he's, um, always been inspired by it and to hear that too i mean richard taylor's i think is older than me so he's certainly older yeah. than you yes yeah, um, yeah yeah um but just seeing that and seeing how he's how he says it's always uh it's always been a film that's inspired him to do what he's doing um and to maybe possibly be able to interview him or people like him and just but i think also too like um something that i've been thinking of is as we speak, speak to people like mike quinn and people who are lesser known um, performers and puppeteers and craft makers and builders and sculptors who are behind the film, um, I can't wait to see their faces when the, I, when they hear from me and you saying, "Do you know how incredible this film was? Do you yeah. know how impactful it was? Do you know that what you did made um, a difference? Yeah, it made a difference in my life and helped me get through my childhood. Yeah. Um, and it made my childhood easier and better and fun." Yeah. Um, like I can't wait to share that information with them. Um, and I feel like it's important that, because I think oftentimes, um, in documentaries about, uh, cultural phenomenon, whether it's films or whatever, yeah. um, oftentimes they only talk to the director and maybe the producer and maybe a conceptual designer and that's about all they do. Um, and, the, and everybody else kind of gets skipped over a little bit. Um, and I think certainly with the passing of Jim Henson, uh, there's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more attention being given to him, which it should be. He was, you know, he's the man behind everything. Absolutely, but at yeah. the same time, you know, you have Frank Oz, who was the co-director, who brought just as much creativity and genius as Jim, Jim Hansen did. And but I really feel like I want to make a. I want to have a forum for people who or were in the film that didn't get any recognition to say, here, here is your chance. Here is your time to talk about what this film did for you, how it impacted you, how did it change you, how did it, it make you a better artist. Um, so I think that's, that's going to be a great opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I already have, you know, I think you and I, we sort of have like a bit of a list of, you know, who would love to interview. And, you know, even if we're out, yeah, if we were just to get, you know, some of the, um, the top players, but also, you know, also, um, the, you know, the, the crew that worked on, you know, building the sets and, and, um, creating the world as well. Um, yeah, just would be just amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, 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 one of my hopes too, is talking about earlier, and I know we've discussed this, yeah. um, because it's the film I feel like is underrated and it does, it doesn't, a lot of people don't know about it. Um, as we discussed earlier, um, off offline and not being recorded, um, the, the 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 comparisons and the similarities between Star Wars and elements of the Dark Crystal are are confounding. They're they're amazing, um, yeah. and they're both very different films that deal with very similar things in a very very different way. Um, so different that I didn't even realize it until you told me like three weeks ago, oh, hey, did you realize that Yoda dies the same way as the Myst- Jen's master mystic yeah. dies? I'm like, oh my God, you're so right. Um, and so I feel like there's a, there's a generation of kids who grew up with Star Wars like you and I did yeah. who I think would just fall in love with the Dark Crystal if they knew about it. You know? And I feel like this is our opportunity to give this film and present this film to an audience, the audience that Jim Henson always wanted and never got. Yeah. Yeah. And cause uh, like, um, and even like uh, one of the revelations when I was reading, um, the Jim Henson, um, biography by Brian J Jones. Um, one of the revelations I also had was, um, was, um, Wendy Froud. Um, you know, she, she worked on Star Wars on the Empire Strikes Back, uh, with Yoda, 
alongside Frank Oz. Um, yeah, yep. you know, that that, to- that actually blew me, <laughs> blew me away. And that, yeah, just to, you know, because I always thought, oh, it's just Frank Oz and Gary Kurtz and that's it. But um, no, there was quite a few people, you know, from Empire that worked on the Dark Crystal. And then from the Dark Crystal, a lot of the crew um, with the puppeteers and that, they all worked on Return of the Jedi. Yes, yes. And of course, I mean, it's funny, I, I always have considered myself a huge fan of the Dark Crystal, and obviously I am, but then I hear things from you and I hear different trivia bits that blow me away. And I'm like, oh my God, I thought I was a fan. I'm nothing compared to <laughs> Philip or other people who know so much about it. Like, I mean, I knew that the film was, I knew Jim Henson wanted to originally record Dark Crystal or to film Dark Crystal and have have it subtitled with, so they they'd be talking in a different language. Oh yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, um, and of course those are things that I knew. I knew about other small things here or there, but you know, the fact that Wendy Froud, um, or Wendy Midender, um, uh, it worked. worked on yeah. She worked on empire and she also made, you know, uh, a version of Yoda. Um, I, and seeing the photo with her and Frank Oz on set, I mean, it's just awesome. It's like the best things of your childhood being married together. Yeah. Um, and you could just, you know, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty exciting stuff. And I, I hope other people become as excited as we are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I think, I think there is a lot to look forward to, um, with, with the dark crystal, uh, uh, this year. Um, so, um, yeah, so on New Year's Eve, I, I made a list of things to look forward to. And, and I did include um, trial, the Trial by Stone podcast as well as the um, the documentary. But, you know, we've got a couple of things to look forward to um, with the uh, the third volume of the creation myths. Um, has that been something you've, you've, you've read, um, the creation myths or the legends of the Dark Crystal? You know, it hasn't. Um, I would like to read them for sure. I remember as a kid, I read the book of the Dark Crystal, like the paperback book that came out. And I remember reading a part in the book where uh, after uh, Jan, after Jan and Kira f- uh, float down the mountainside, um, Kira then talks about um, how before, a uh, long time ago, um, Gelfling females could fly, not just simply flutter, flutter to the ground. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. And of course, this is more expanded universe, you know. Um, and to be honest, expanded universe hasn't really, I've never, I'm more, I'm such a film guy that if it's on film, it has me. But I, I because I'm such a fan of the Dark Crystal, eventually I'll probably buy that. I mean, there's that book by Christopher Finch. Um, uh, the Making of is, the Dark Crystal, yeah. yeah. And I remember when I was a kid, um, a friend of mine or an adult guy had that book and he let me borrow it. And of course I kept it way too long and <laughs> was like, Jamie, you need to return it. And so I was like, I want to. And so they returned it for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I remember reading that book and just turning page after page and reading page after page and reading it over and over and over and over. Um, and then, trying to see if I could find that book for myself. And at that point, this is the late nineties and looking on eBay or whatever, the book was going for like $365. Like it was absolutely impossible to get. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember someone gave me an original print that was falling apart of the world of the dark crystal with this, with, uh, this, uh, Skek Talk or whatever his name is, the, the, the Gartham master on the front. I think. think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I remember I sold that book for like a hundred dollars yeah. on eBay um, because it was worth a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but then, of course, they re-released the book, which I still need to get. Um, and I, I just got the little hardback um, edition of the Dark Crystal um, that isn't painted by Brian Froud, but that's it, really really neat. Um, and then, of course, I got my replica of the shard, which you have. And it's interesting. The, my the shard is something I've always, 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 always wanted. I've always thought, how can I get this? I knew I probably couldn't make it. Even though I, I'm a sculptor and I do things, I knew I wouldn't really be able to make it because it's just too perfect. Yeah. Uh, until one of our friends, our Dark Crystal Facebook fan friends, Laszlo, yeah, said, hey, I have yeah. one. And made from, you know, it was made from the original prop. Yeah. Uh, and he sold it to me for 100 bucks, And... You know, I have it. I'm staring at it right now. And yeah, me too, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm it's just opening it one of those things where I pick it up and I'm like, it's the crystal shard. 
It like, is, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, it just feels like, I don't know, like, somehow, like, Jen had his hand on this. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's just a really special thing. And it sounds so geeky and nerdy and dumb, but it's special. And it gives me good feelings. <laughs> yeah, me too. Like, I, I actually took the shot with me when I went to the... um to see the Dark Crystal at the Astor Theatre um, last oh, year. Yeah. And like, you know, I was just holding it, you know, just very casually and stuff in the cinema. And then it's like someone behind me popped up. I was like, oh, is that the shard? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, have a look. I'm like, yeah, sure. Have a look. Yeah. And yeah, they were like pretty blown away. And they wanted to know where I got it from. And um, yeah, I just said, you know, go from this, you know, from eBay, from Leslo. Um, yeah. And just check it out and, um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but I, I must—I'll have to tell you—I I did actually purchase the um, the the castle of the crystal. You did? Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, I want that too. But you, I mean, yeah. I like to collect toys, and certainly the dark crystal has a place in my heart. Yeah, um, I don't have—you know—I don't have that kind of money right, right. now. So I eventually I will, if there's more available, I will certainly buy one. The, uh, his Laszlo, if anybody isn't familiar, uh, Laszlo creates replicas and prop up replicas from the dark crystal, but he does it per- perfectly. Yeah. Like he does it like, uh, a, like hot toys would, would make it. He does it like NECA would do it like NECA toys. Yeah. Or sideshow, uh, or sideshow collectibles. Or sideshow, yeah. I mean, this man, he needs to be working full time as a sculptor somewhere. Um, but he's obsessed with the dark crystal and he makes these things and he makes molds and then he's able to make more and he sells them. And uh, he makes childhood dreams come true. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I, I brought the shard, my version of the shard to, um, or my my copy of it to work because there's some people at work who are my age. Yeah. And they know about our crystal. And I'm like, and I, and I took it out of my pocket. And I'm like, look, it's the shard. And they're like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. And and it's just this thing where like, oh, my God, it's the crystal shard. And it, like you're seeing this thing that you've only seen in movies and it's real, yeah. you know. Um, and I think like I have some Star Wars toys. I collect some things here or there, but there's something different about that shark. There just yeah, it is, isn't. Yeah. It's just something it's very really unique. special about it. Even when I photograph it, just normal, yeah. it just photographs differently than anything else that I have. You yeah. know. So, anyways, I could go on about that forever. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, and I guess um, I guess I'm interested in knowing. Um, I guess you know, from being inspired, you know, from the Dark Crystal. Um, so how, how did that transition to, you know, uh, to, to be a filmmaker? Um, for me, I, I, you know, I started painting and creating things when I was about seven, probably a little earlier, but certainly seven is the year, um, that I really remember, um, painting and cutting things out and drawing Pinocchio. I was obsessed with Pinocchio. Um, and I was really obsessed with Pinocchio, um, and I decided as I got older and older and I kept painting and, you know, I kind of made a name for myself. I grew up in, in this strange church. Um, but a lot of people would compliment me on my painting and my artwork. And I knew I wanted to be a painter and an artist. So, um, and of course, I'd always loved movies. Yeah. Fan of the Alien series, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I had a, I had a, when Alien Resurrection was coming out in 97, I had a, uh, uh, I had a, um, what do you call it? A, an email, like an email fanzine where I would write all, all these articles and stuff and I would send them out to over a hundred people. Um, yeah. and it was really great. So eventually it took me a while to decide that I wanted to go to college. Um, I st- was taking, initially I started taking a, um, course to be an EMT op driver and that didn't go over so well. I was like, no way, okay. this is boring. Yeah. Um, eventually I uh, went to the Art Institute of Chicago, which is probably one of the most uh, most prestigious art schools in, in America. And I took this class called 4D. And 4D was basically a film class. And um, it blew my mind. And I had this instructor. Her name was Shaz Kerr. She was from Scotland. And uh, she showed us her films that she was working on. And she showed us uh, this film by the Brothers Quay. I don't know if you've ever heard of them, um, but they do stop-motion animation. It's very dark, but very beautiful. Um, and and I just was like, oh, my God, I just got the film bug. And I was like, this is the film that these I need to make films. This is what I'm supposed to do. And so um, I actually uh, 
transferred from the Art Institute to Columbia College Chicago, which ha- which is actually one of the biggest film schools in the USA. It just doesn't have the biggest name. Uh, and I minored in documentary studies, even though even though I was writing screenplays and my love was feature films, fiction films. That's what I wanted to do. I took a minor in documentaries and I started making a bunch of documentaries. Um, I still my first love is still feature length fiction films, science fiction films. But, uh, you know, the first film I, re- I was able to release was the film I did last year, which was a documentary, oddly enough. Um, but that's really kind of how, you know, but all throughout this process, all throughout kind of my metamorphosis through art and painting and sculpting and filmmaking, the Dark Crystal has always been there with me. Like, how can my work measure up to the artistry of that film? That's why I try to make all my films really aesthetically beautiful, um, because each frame of the Dark Crystal is just gorgeous. Um, so it's really just, it's, it's, it's with me every day. I'm serious. Like maybe every day I think about the dark crystal every day. Yeah. I mean, I I think for myself, like, um, years and years ago, like, I I think it will always go in the back of my mind. And so like Star Wars is always at the forefront and dark crystal at the background. Um, but yeah, it just wasn't really till, um, yeah, a year or two ago with, um, with the dark crystal website being launched that, it just sort of became the focus of my attention more. And and probably in a way I'm probably focusing more on a dark crystal is sort of to avoid reading, you know, um, news about um, episode seven, you know, spoilers yes. and all that kind of stuff. Oh so <laughs> so that, that that's sort of been a, a, a good distraction. Um, it has been a good distraction, but I, certainly the dark crystal and our, our documentary about it has, has, has also distracting me from, Star Wars, because if I'm not thinking about the Dark Crystal, certainly these days I'm looking for any type of, you know, the Force Awakens news that I can find. Um, but I'm trying to stay away from spoilers, too. But the good news is yeah. uh, Isaac, um, Oscar Isaac, who plays Poe Dameron uh, yes, in yeah. Force Awakens, he said that most of the stuff that's on the Internet that are so-called leaks are not true. Yeah. Um, or way off base. So that makes me happy because I really don't want to know much. I want to be surprised. Um, but my nature is to want to find out as much as I can, you know, it's like my childhood is, it's like the eighties. I feel like we've entered this era now with the Marvel films and of really magical, magical filmmaking, um, where they're really tapping into something that they haven't been able to tap into since the eighties. And they're bringing back Star Wars, not in a prequel sense, cause I'm not a hater, but I certainly no. don't like them. Yeah. I, um, I appreciate them for what they are. Yeah, um, same, yeah, but they're now they're bringing a film. Now they're making a Star Wars film that's going to unlock some doors for us. We're going to be like we're going to be sitting in the theater seeing Luke Skywalker with a lightsaber yeah. again. Yeah, after thirty something years, like how? I mean, even if that was the only film coming out this year, I'd be a happy man. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, and just so many movies <laughs> coming out this year, like. Yeah, you, oh, got, yeah. you got Star Wars and Age of Ultron, Ant Man. Um, what else? You, 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 you got you got um, James Bond Spectre, which they've just started shooting it like a couple of days ago, and they bringing it out yeah. in, in November. I'm just like, how the heck is that possible? Like, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, 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 it's crazy. And then you have, yeah, you have Ant Man. I mean, then there's Jupiter Ascending, um, and I think again to kind of bring all this back around to the Dark Crystal. That's where it all started for. Um, the, the the idea even watching Avatar there was so much of the Dark Crystal in Avatar oh yeah definitely um, yeah so so much um, the way that um, Natiri um, communed with the flowers and nature and she just had this beautiful relationship and almost they did a scene for scene rep like a scene for scene recreation of some of the things that Kira did in the Dark Crystal um, where yeah. she's kind of te- teaching um, the other character, how to kind of speak to nature, how to move in nature. And that's what Kira did a little bit with Jen. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's parallels to Avatar and the Dark Crystal for sure. Yeah, there um, is, yeah. And, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, it's, it's an exciting year. I mean, I, I again, I, I hope our film, you know, and the, the little tidbits and things that we have in store for people that we're not going to tell people about, I hope it, it uh, really blows people away and, and ultimately gets people to love and admire the dark crystal and hope for a prequel as much as we are. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so I guess how, how can people find out more about the, uh, the documentary? 
Oh uh, well, we have a an official Facebook, um, facebook.com forward slash Dark Crystal Doc. Um, we're on Twitter, um, and we have an email, darkcrystaldoc at gmail um, Really, and you know, this is something me me and Philip have discussed. We really want this film to be something by the fans for the fans, um, not just for the fans though. Too, we want we want new fans. We want people to we want um, even kids, younger kids, to see this film and go, "Wow, mom!" You know, my 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 nephew who's thirteen, um, my sister is so in love with the Dark Crystal as well because I was. She showed she showed it to him, and he loves it. He loves the Dark Crystal. In fact, I gave him. He asked me for one a copy of my DVD, but I. I I I feel like um, like there's kind of like this journey before us to honor this amazing film and honor the kids that the kids who are now adults um, and see and show the world how much of an impact this film this little tiny itty bit of film with a small little budget that was barely released um, and didn't get much radio didn't get much anything um, now it now we have that you know now we're in this era where people are more interested in practical effects. And that's all the Dark Crystal is, is one big practical effect. Um, except for some animation here or there. I mean, there's a, there's a certain scene where you can see one of the crystal bats on the strings, you know? Um, that's like one of the only flaws I've seen in the film, um, is the strings, um, which they could easily remove digitally these days. Um, but yeah, I, I'm sorry. Um, so anyways, um, that's our Facebook pages, how you can... Um, get in contact i think this film isn't going to be made the documentary that you and i are working on without fan involvement we're making this film because we love the dark crystal and we want to honor the the memory and the legacy of not just jim henson but all of the craftsmen and craftswomen and artists who created a world that has never been created since there has never been even a a film that's used cgi that has come close to the perfection that is the dark crystal. So that's, that's the journey we're on. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. Thanks for joining on the show, uh, Jamie. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Can't wait. You've already taken too long, Delfling. Hurry. At last, the crystal calls. It is time, time to return to the castle. The crystal calls. The crystal Well, that's the time I have for this month's Trial by Stone. Big thanks to Jamie Prater for being this month's guest. If you want to contact myself about the show, send me an email at trialbystonepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash trialbystonepodcast or on Facebook at trialbystonepod. If you enjoyed the show and think that others would like it too, then write a review on iTunes and help other Dark Crystal fans find out about the show. I hope you all enjoyed this month's podcast and come back for the next episode of Trial by Stone.